Hey everybody, it's Rajesh here. And Tane here. Welcome to our podcast, Baskets of Knowledge, Chats with a Difference. In our podcast, we invite guests from around the country and around the world to talk about how they got to where they are at the moment. It's about a journey, it's about an experience, it's about their life. Kia ora everybody. Welcome to um, our first episode of Fast of Knowledge for 2023. It's been a while since we spoke to you, um, but hopefully you've all had a great and restful festive season wherever you are in the world. Tane, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. It's been a while. It feels a bit weird getting back into the flow of things, but definitely excited to get the podcast back up and running. Yeah, and how's your um, festive and summer season been so far? Um, it's been really good actually. Um, after graduation I got to go home and spend some well-deserved time with family. Um, I definitely haven't had enough time at home over my university journey and I think it really hit me once I went back home and actually got to spend some quality time with especially mum and my little sister because they're usually always at school when I come home for break so it was really nice just to sit down with them and talk to them and just bear on them really. Yeah it's, um, it's crazy how the summer break um for you, you caught up with fun and family. And for me, I just basically ended up just doing nothing. You know, normally we, we're like, oh, we have to do stuff. We have to go away to festivals, go and do stuff. But I was like, I'm just going to just chill and do nothing. And it was probably the best holiday I've had, holiday I've had for a long, long time. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really great. So I guess one of the big learnings that as we have gone through the year is taking time out for ourselves. And, you know, we can speak the speak, but actually doing the talk is actually really important. And um, I think I did the talk. <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. I think I did. So it was really good. And I'm looking forward to what this year brings. And obviously this year with our podcast, we've got some amazing guests lined up already. Um, we've got some superstars lined up in later in the year, but hey, every one of our guests is a superstar. And I guess that is going to lead into our, our guest this week. As you know, for our listeners out there who've been following us for a very long time, we acknowledge you and thank you for that. Um, and as you know, every week we, we bring people we think are fantastic, amazing in their ways. And this week we have another amazing person on our podcast. Welcome to our podcast, Sophia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, no. I have listened to a couple of your episodes of your podcast, actually, and I really, really like it. So I feel um, actually quite honoured to be on here today. So thank you for having me. No worries. Thank you for thank you for saying yes, um, especially because it's a pretty busy, busy time for you. And we'll, we'll touch on that at some point yeah. if you'd like to. So, Sophia, for our listeners out there, do you want to tell us a bit about who you are at this point in time? And then we'll get into your story. Yeah, so I am 24. I'm an Otago University graduate. So um, I grew up in Palmerston North. So it's kind of a central North Island kind of area. Came down to study at the university here in Dunedin. Uh, my first year was 2017, uh, which seems like so long ago. I feel like I'm just getting old, but um, I basically completed my law degree down here and my science degree as well. And then as of 2022, I finished my professional study so I can practice law in New Zealand, which was um, quite a big thing in itself as well. So um, I've done quite a bit of education. I'm also super into, uh, I guess, keeping active. So I've done uh, three marathons in my life and I just completed my first half Ironman, which is really, really cool. Um, and I've done quite a bit of work in the pastoral care area since, which is not an area of my life that I thought I would kind of ever end up. But um, as I guess we'll unpack today, your journey looks so different from sometimes what you thought it might be. And then to end up here um, is a blessing actually. So I'm very grateful to be doing this. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I mean, there's so much to unpack in that, in that little <laughs> intro there. And um, 
you know, well done on, on getting your professional studies all sorted because I know that's a big, big milestone. So well done. Yeah. And, you know, the, the marathons and being active and that's all, that's all pretty cool balancing that with your life but let's go back right to young Sophia in 2016 we'd like to start the story so young Sophia in 2016 was chilling in Palmerston North in like yeah. I said central North Island um, yeah. and as you were in year 13 if someone said to you hey hey Sophia in a few years time you are going to be a lawyer and you're going to have a science <laughs> degree done and you will have done all the stuff here what would you have said to that person at, at um, that age? I honestly probably wouldn't have been able to believe them so I entered like in year 13, so 2016, I was super into sport and exercise and PE. And that was kind of an area that I definitely wanted to go into. Um, but I guess I come from a, a very academic family. So both my parents are, are very intelligent individuals and they have achieved quite a lot academically for themselves. And so when I was applying to do a PE degree at the time that was um, that's how old I am when it was a PE degree <laughs> um, but so I was applying for a PE degree and my dad kind of said to me he was like why don't you try uh, law because I was super into criminal minds at that time the TV show and I always wanted to be a detective and I always kind of um, wanted to join the police but I wanted to get a like a degree before I did that um, and so yeah he was like why don't you just try law and I had had a cousin had given it a go the year before and she really liked it so I did it and it was never my intention to you know finish law I was kind of like you know what I'll try it I'll see how I go and even when I was studying it um I really enjoyed it but I still wasn't 100% sure if that was what I wanted to go into um and then yeah I got in and my family and I sat down and we had to have a conversation about what the next you know four or five years might look like um because obviously second year law uh, is known for being quite hard. So I was really, really nervous, but I kind of just took the leap of faith, if you will. And I actually ended up enjoying both. So I, I managed to balance the science and the law at the same time. And it was really cool because law was quite challenging. And um, law as an education, I think, teaches you a different perspective that you can't learn anywhere else. Like um, science for me was quite black or white. You either get the answer right or wrong, but law how I communicate it to students as law is how well can you describe the gray? You know, that's kind of what you're trying to communicate yeah. to people. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up really, really enjoying it. And again, it was something that I never saw myself doing. So to end up enjoying law, but also enjoying managing both was um, fantastic. And I couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, but it was really scary going into that, that's for sure. Yeah, that's so crazy because, you know, as you said, in year, in year 13, sports is your will, sports is what you yeah. want to do. And I yeah. guess the conversation from, it's really funny because you have the conversations with your with your parents at that age, you're bulletproof and you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. This is my, this is Yeah, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yes. exactly, don't, exactly. And, you know, I mean, you, you listen to your, your, your dad and you might just like, right, cool, give it a crack and see what happens. And, um, you know, this does happen. But what I love about that is, you know, you weren't afraid to keep your passion because when we speak to young people, when I work with them, they're like, oh, we're into sports and that's great. That's cool. But sometimes your passion and your study are two very different things. And, oh. you know, it's, and you find that as you go along and, um, you know, for yourself, you did both. You managed to go, right, cool, my passion and actually this other, other area is pretty cool. But some people don't do that. They, they go, I just want to do sports. And that's it. Don't even talk to me. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome that you did that. But then you had the choice now. So you live in Palmerston North. Um, for those of you that don't know New Zealand, there's yeah. eight universities in New Zealand, um, and there's a university just on your doorstep in Palmerston North. Yeah, what yeah. what made you decide? To, and also down in Wellington and Auckland, yeah. you know, you've got those are North Island for nice and easy. Yeah. And I guess you know you said you're from your family, nice day in Palmerston North. How did you convince them to let you actually leave the North so Island to go somewhere else? 
That's so funny that you asked. I had it, I didn't need to do any convincing whatsoever. Brilliant. My parents, so uh, both my parents kind of finished their education in Palmerston North. And um, my mum came from Zimbabwe because uh, I'm half Sri Lankan. So she was born over there and they came over. Um, yeah. And my dad grew up in Palmerston North. So he never left Palmerston North. And he was kind of like, as soon as you turn 18, you need to leave. You need to explore the world. You need to see what's out there because there's so much more than Palmerston North. And I think... Um, it's, it's beautiful staying in your own town, and but I think sometimes you do need to leave to understand what the world looks like outside of um, all that you know. And yeah. so my parents were kind of like, you need to go, you need to go, and we'll give it a go, and if it doesn't work out, you can always come back. And so I'm very grateful for having a supportive family dynamic, I guess, where they would let me go explore the world and like they're kind of there as a fallback position if I need them. Um, Coming down to Dunedin, which obviously is very, very far away from home, um, it was actually the only university at that time that would allow me to do both degrees. So um, obviously we were, well, the University of Otago at that time was the only place doing a serious PE degree that you could do with something else. So Massey does awesome sport and exercise science, but I couldn't do law. Um, and then at Vic, I could do law, but I couldn't do sport and exercise science to the same extent that I wanted to achieve with what PE offered down here. Um, yeah. And so it was kind of like a no-brainer just coming down here and giving that combination a go. And then obviously, depending on if I got into law or not, I could change universities or transfer anywhere. Um, but also I think the South Island is just so beautiful. Like um, I've got family that live in Arrowtown and it's just gorgeous. Like central Otago is beautiful. So it's been awesome to kind of explore an area down here that I probably wouldn't have if I didn't come all the way down. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think it was a no brainer. And coming down, the campus is beautiful. The people are lovely. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's crazy because your parents have a, have a big say, you know, both of your parents, you know, from Zimbabwe represent um, and yeah. Sri Lankan. I'm from Zimbabwe yeah. as well, so happy. <laughs> and also your, your dad is like, hey, you need to leave the place. And I guess if we go back to Tane, you know, Tane, you just said just before when you started that going back now actually made you realise what you miss and what you didn't miss from 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 the place. Yeah, for sure. It was a massive step in yesterday. And, I, you know, I had the same experience as Sophia. I had really supportive parents, which was so helpful. But again, you know, like just having met young students that are going through this experience now, you know, a lot of them do feel that burden of, oh, I want to stay close to my parents and my parents won't understand. But, you know, like I go back now and my parents are like, it's the best decision you could have ever made. And, you know, even if they were hesitant to begin with, uh, so so thankful that I did push myself and had that belief in myself to go, okay, I'm going to go and, you know, find myself. And that's the true value of, you know, taking that step. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how that happens. And, you know, um, not everybody has got support of parents. And for not, not, not for any reason apart from the fact that, hey, they don't know. They don't know yeah. what you don't know. And, you know, it all comes from, from, a, from a place of love and care. Um, and sometimes you have to break that loving care to go away to actually have real loving care, which is quite hard, you know. Um, so it's, it's awesome that some of us have amazing families that allow us to do that there. And, and they're afraid. They're going to be afraid. They're going to be worried. It's not like, oh, no they're afraid they you know just as much as we're afraid to go away they're probably doubly afraid that something's going to happen to us so it's um we have to acknowledge them as they let us do our do our thing uh, so Sophia you you land in Dunedin you start your your, your journey there and uh, you know PE school was a, a whole different ball game at that time there were you part of the whole the whole dance did you do the dance paper and the gymnastics so I paper? was 
Yeah, I was the second to last year that they had that paper. And that paper was just so far out of my comfort zone. Like I, I had done dance my whole life. So I wasn't too bad with like the dancing, but it was the like the whole combination of meeting new people. I wasn't really into gymnastics because obviously it was the dance and gymnastics combo. And so um doing all these tricks and front flips. And I was just honestly, it was so scary, but I think when you're really uncomfortable or in situations that are quite challenging that's where you learn the most about yourself and so once I got through that paper I was just almost like wow there's anything like I could do anything in this world you know like I was so scared of that and now um I've kind of conquered that and like moved on yeah and it, it does a lot for your confidence I think um especially doing stuff that you're not comfortable with with people that you don't know yeah 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 totally for context of those that are listening and those that never heard of this before it's basically a paper that um that this the university has at the PE school and you have you're basically assigned a group is that assigned or do you randomly yeah just like a stream yeah yeah you get randomly assigned some people and you have to create a program a dance which becomes an assessment and a gymnastics thing so just try and imagine 200 fresh-faced people who don't know each other together and they've got a credit dance it's uh, it's pretty epic and i will have been privileged to watch quite a few of those four performances and um yeah just the stuff that you produce is pretty amazing pretty amazing that's that's pretty cool and at the same time you're doing law as well so here's here's a crazy thing for you you have to do this dance thing here on one side and on the other side you have to be studying for your law exam at yeah. the same time how was that how was that for you trying to manage, manage those two um i Obviously, it's quite challenging um, to begin with anyway, because you've got a lot to balance. And high school is very different from university um, in terms of this university. Uh, some of it's quite self-motivating, like you do as well as what you kind of contribute to your study or time and effort that you put in. Um, rather, at high school, I think it's quite well structured and uh, you are kind of um, not necessarily hand fed a lot, but like everything is kind of put out in front of you and you know what to do, when to do it. Um, Obviously, your law exams at university here are 100%, and so that in itself is quite daunting, but I was kind of in the position where I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do my best, and if that's not enough, that like I, that's out of my control, because it, it does depend on how the rest of your cohort does as well, and obviously, um, by that point in the year as well, I think I had the dance and like gymnastics assessment on lock, so I was feeling pretty good, but I think at the end of the day, I was enjoying what I was studying too with law, so no matter what the outcome, I was learning so much. Um, particularly because in that second half of the year you do what we call case law which is all like the um kind of criminal minds kind of stuff that you figure out which is really really fun so I managed to make the most out of the situation and um luckily it kind of went my way I'm very grateful for that but I know um I actually know a lot of students that maybe haven't made it into law but they still enjoyed the experience of studying for their law exams because of the content and because yeah. of the way that it uh, encourages you to think yeah yeah, and I think I love what you said there because I think it's enjoyment is really important. You know, oh, sometimes yeah. we we do stuff just because, and if you don't enjoy it, you're going to struggle no matter what. Even if, the, yeah. if it's interesting, if you don't enjoy it, it's not going to happen. And the fact that you enjoyed it makes a big, big difference. And I think that's important because a lot of people do stuff just because, and they just try and grind through it. And I'm like, hey, if you're going to grind through it, it's going to be your life. You're going to be grinding yeah. the whole your whole life. So you got to try and find something that you enjoy. Talking about enjoyment, um, you said sports and activity was pretty, um, is part of, part of your jam. And I know that you became really involved with, uh, with, 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 like, with, I guess, the gym and becoming a trainer and teaching classes there. Yes. How, when did that all start for you? So um, was that when you came to university or later on as you progressed your journey? Um, it was literally like 
uh, first semester of my second year, I had just joined up at the gym, so the student gym here at the university. And when you join up, you kind of get emailed different opportunities. And so I was just emailed um, an opportunity to become like a group fitness instructor here. And I applied and you do the course, you do the audition and then you're selected. And then that was my job for the next four years, um, which was fantastic. And I loved it. I learned so much. I had never stepped foot into a gym before coming to university. I was always like on the hockey turf or football field or um, more outdoors. And so obviously you're obviously very active at high school anyway, if you choose to be. And so you don't really rely on the gym. Like it's not part of your lifestyle. Well, it wasn't part of mine anyway. Um, And so, yeah, getting my first job down here at a gym was so wild. And it was something that I, again, if you had told me in 2016 when I was year 13, that that was kind of going to be my life at university, I would have kind of probably laughed because it just, it was so out of my perspective or out of like my forethought. Um, but yeah, no, I was there for four years in the end and I taught a range of classes and I, I think the largest class that I taught was 96 people. It was oh, wow. huge. Um, and yeah, I would teach maybe five classes a week. And then at the same time, when you work at the gym, you're also servicing the gym, you're providing customer service, you're learning a lot about um, the kind of area and the industry you're working in as well, which actually was really helpful for my science degree because you're learning about how psychologically activity, fitness, exercise contributes to people's well-being. Um, and I really enjoyed the job because when it got to a point of I had kind of mastered it, I saw the contribution that I was making as a trainer to the people who were attending my classes' lives. Because um, a lot of people come to group fitness because they don't have the confidence maybe to work out by themselves in a gym because a gym environment can be quite intimidating. But at the same time, um, they might need a bit more direction or company. And so they come to you uh, as maybe, not all of them, but some of them are novices to the gym. And so to be able to be in a position to help them along their journey was just fantastic. And um, it was it was actually really, really cool. So I made some really cool friends from that as well, not just... Um, good experiences but yeah that was really cool. yeah and i guess you know if you look at it from a holistic perspective you had your academic side of your science yeah. degree but it's yeah. been it's real you know sometimes we learn about theory but theory oh, and yeah. practice are, are very very different <laughs> yeah you're actually living what you're studying which is which yeah. is awesome and i also love how, how you acknowledge the fact that the gym is a pretty scary place you know yeah. for someone who's never been to a gym before it is pretty intimidating and um you know group fitness classes is how i got into the gym as well just because it's pretty scary you have no idea and I guess I'm going to generalize here. Uh, you know, a lot of males, they, you assume that they should know what to do. You go to a gym, you should know what to do. And um, it's pretty hard. And again, group fitness classes, you have the strong tendency of female to male ratio, you know, which is which blows my mind, always blows my mind that this is a bit ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so, you know, as a, as a good instructor, you know, this is, these are dynamics that you, that you work with and you make everyone feel, it's really quite funny because you spoke about a class of 96 or 97 people. But, and I guess what you try and do is you try and make every one of those 97 people feel like they're the only ones in their class. And that's a, that's a skill that I mad respect for anyone that is a group of first instructor. That. Um, and, but I'm going to come back a little bit. So what made you actually apply for that? You said you never been to a gym before. You had never, that was yeah. not the jam. And all of a sudden, you're like, um, hey, I'm going to apply for this role. Yeah, I think when I came to university after my first year, I saw how many more opportunities were down here and how if I never tried anything, I won't end up anywhere. So it kind of came across my door. And I guess like, um, 
I don't know. I'm quite like a, a spiritual person or like I, I believe that there's like kind of signs and stuff like that. And so it kind of came across, you know, in front of me or it was in my emails. And I was like, maybe this is a sign that I should just try it. And worse comes to worse. I just don't get it. And I had nothing to lose. Um, and so I guess that's part of uh, something that I appreciate about myself is I'm quite optimistic and I'm willing to try these things because I always know that I never have anything to lose. I only lose out when I don't try. Um and I was like, you know, it'd kind of be cool to be able to be those instructors that you see everywhere. And um, it would be really, really cool long term as well to gain that experience, but then also have it on my CV. So if it went well, it was an industry that I could potentially go into in the future as well. So um, it was kind of an opportunity that came across my doorstep and I was like, maybe this is the sign. I'll just give it a go because the benefits are going to be huge. And if it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't go anywhere. I haven't really lost much. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I love that because... Um, most of our guests that we've had on our podcast have spoken about opportunities. A lot of people forget, think about university just being classroom learning. And yeah. and I guess as we'll go into today's conversation, most of your learning actually happened out of the classroom. You, know, oh, you spoke sure. about law being amazing, but um, opportunities. And Tana, you've had this in the last two years, all opportunities as well. Yeah, for sure. And it's the same thing, you know, like there were some things I thought I would never do or never have the chance to do. But I think if you don't apply yourself, you're never going to know. And you know, there's been plenty of opportunities where I was turned away from as well, but you just got to think if you're not going to put yourself out there, you you know, the answer is always going to be no, but by putting yourself out there, you're, you've at least got a shot. Yeah, that's right. One of my favorite things is you don't ask, you don't get. So, hey, the worst thing that happens is a no, right? A bit of a no. And then when you get a no, it's all this growth, right? You get a no, how do you react to a no? That's also um, space for growth. Um, talk about opportunities, Sophia. What other opportunities have you had that you just were like, what the hell is going on here? This is not what I expected. I mean, there could be a whole list of them, but is there any just stand out for you? Um, probably getting into marathon running and like endurance races and stuff, because I was always like a, a team sport player at high school. And then what I found is when you come to university, it's really easy to actually just, uh, I guess, not intentionally let go of a lot of your hobbies, but they kind of uh, fall off the bandwagon, if you will, because you come to university and like you say, you assume that it's just class and study and like you've got a whole different lifestyle. And it's really easy as we kind of come into this part of our life to let go of everything that we had growing up. So I didn't play team sport. I didn't join a hockey team down here. Everything was like really new. Um, obviously I got involved in like the college, inter-college competition and stuff, which was really cool, but I ultimately wasn't doing much with my time and then um, the way that the Dunedin Marathon organization advertises down here um, which I think the university uses as well is they write on chalk uh, sorry they write with chalk on the pavement and I saw this like the marathon advertising a million different times in a million different places um, and then I thought to my mom I was like why not like I could just start with the quarter marathon which is uh 12.7 kilometers at that time that was my first race and it was really cool because it gave me something to work towards I think when you just study and stuff and you don't have anything outside of the classroom it's really easy to feel um I guess directionless if that's the word or you don't have a super sense of direction because your exams are um at the end of a huge chunk of time and it's hard to um kind of tick off little goals as you go along and so I thought, why not? I've never really tried running before. Um, I was lucky enough, obviously, to play hockey, which requires a certain level of fitness, but I'd never been into my long uh, and distance endurance races and stuff like that. So that was my first race, and it was a quarter marathon, and I loved it. So then I did a half marathon, and then I ended up doing my full marathon after COVID. And then since then, I've done two more. So I've done three marathons total, and then 
yeah, it just became this thing where I just, I was like, I'm going to do a half Ironman because I've swum my whole life. I've biked my whole life and I've run. I've never put all the disciplines together, but it was a whole year affair of learning how to do all these things. And it's really cool because it gives you something to work towards and something to think about outside of your everyday life. So I worked full time. I studied part time um, in 2022 to do my professional studies, but it was awesome to have like an active goal to work, work towards and like a training program and some structure and stuff too. And um, often when you're doing endurance races like this, it's the community as well that is, is so much more motivating and you meet so many cool people. So um, there's lots of little things along the way that just continue to inspire me and, and, thinking back to you know year 13 so if I, I never would have ever been able to tell everyone that I could have done a half marathon um or half marathon let alone half Ironman so yeah it was just something that I never saw myself doing never expected to get involved with but um it was really cool to do and I'm glad that I've been able to do that yeah that's, that's awesome and, and you know it's also the evolution of self you know as you said oh. before you know when, when you're at school you have you you do all these things because everyone's doing it and you're in that yeah. environment and you come to university that oh damn, I should just be studying the whole time. And like you said before, you, you forget who you are a little mm-hmm. bit when you come to university, especially that first year where you just don't know what to do. You're doing things because other people, do, you, you know, you're drinking, going out, you're doing all the things which you think you should be doing that because that's what university is perceived to be. Yeah. And then it's in, it's in your second year when you go, actually, wait a minute, I actually can re- redevelop myself and find my passions. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you did that. And I think, Tana, you had the same thing as what happened with you in your rugby and rugby league and, and now you're running as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think... It does take some time for you to readjust and you know it is a huge you know you're, you're pretty much starting again in terms of coming down meeting new people not having those support structures so it's a huge jump and I think you have to you know re-establish yourself before you can actually get into those things and it does take time like it's not going to happen overnight but it's yeah not only re-establishing what you enjoy but it also gives you a way to be like okay this is a new start for a lot of people and so you know what is something I've always wanted to do that I haven't had the chance to but I now can hmm. and I have to have a bit of a chuckle Sophia because earlier you said you spiritually look for signs and it looks like the, the the chalk was the sign for you to do this yes yeah. everywhere you go yeah oh it absolutely was and it just it honestly getting involved in something like that just like changed my life and I I'm definitely a very different person because of it in probably the best way possible so yeah yeah and I guess you know if we're if we're talking about sports you know um especially running Running is where you are meeting your demons, right? You know, you are, it's just you by yourself. And, you know, when you are, say, number 23 or 22, you go, oh, damn, what am I doing? And I remember when I did my first, when I did my first half marathon, it was in Dunedin. And um, I guess I was like, like you, I was like, oh, I've never run before, blah, blah, blah. I'll give it a go. I decided overnight, overnight to do this, ridiculous, overnight to do this half marathon. I ran it and I was like, oh, this is pretty easy. What is everyone complaining about? Until I got to K number 15, I was like, I'm dying. I actually died. And then I had the wrong shoes and I was like, what am I doing with my life? This is ridiculous. And then didn't train for it. And then ever since then, every other run that I've done, it's been hard. The hard bit is actually getting out there and doing the training. I find that the actual run is not that hard, yeah. not that hard. but the training, you know, you've got to get up. You've, like you said before, you've got to find the time in your busy schedule to go. If I want to do this properly, I have to train. And it just takes you to a whole different zone. Um, so yeah, to anyone out there that does long distance running, amazing. I'm actually reading David David Goggins' new book at the moment, and oh, cool, he's yeah. awesome. Hey, uh, like crazy, but um, some of the things that he has to say are just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I started reading that yesterday, and I was like, well, this guy, yeah, um, pretty crazy. But yeah, but running any 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 anything that takes you out of your comfort zone is is pretty pretty crazy. 
Um, talk about out of your comfort zone. Um, let's talk about the pastoral care stuff because that is a whole different ball game altogether, you know. And every yeah. single day, everyone, all three of us have have been involved in that. And and I'm just going to share my experience. So when I first became a subwarden slash an RA, I you get trained and all this kind of stuff. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then you meet your first person that is not well, or your first suicide, or your first vomiting person. Your first, you're like, yeah. out of your comfort zone. Out of your comfort zone. You're like, this is really really different um and that's when you find out a lot about yourself what is that like for you um, how did you get into it how did you get into I, it yes well so i um i remember my first year i was at a college and i had asked one of the at the times they were called at that time sorry they were called ras so i asked one of the ras you know how do you get this job like what's it kind of like and they loved it but they encouraged me to do it in my final year of university so you sell all of your flatting stuff and then you just move into a college and then you can leave Dunedin with nothing to your name which is what exactly what i did um and so i was a subordinate at a college for my final year of study and I wanted to do it because I enjoy taking care of people and I enjoy uh, being around people. And I thought, you know, the university has given so much to me. I would love to give back to the university in some way, even if that's helping. Um, I think I had 37 residents in the end, um, just kind of start their university career. So I did that. And like you say, you can do as much training as you want and you can be exposed to hypothetical scenarios and situations like that. But until you're dealing with the actual thing, you don't realize how difficult it actually is. Um, it was very challenging the first couple of times, particularly because I had quite a, a few serious cases um, to deal with, but it's quite eye-opening. And I think being a senior student, you kind of, you've seen a lot, you've gained a lot of perspective. And um, I learned to approach things with like a lot of patience and kindness, I guess. Like I, I wouldn't try and fix the situation instantly. Often people just want to be listened to. And then after listening to them, understanding the extent of what you're dealing with, then you, when you address them or you support them, it's so much easier to rather than jumping to conclusions based off of training or based off what you've seen in your life. Because I think every pastoral care situation is very, very different. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really quite interesting. It's uh, because you know, like you said, you have you have the SOPs, you have the manuals, you have all that. Yeah. But sometimes that all goes away, and it's just about listening to that young young person in front of you that's going through whatever they're going through. You yeah. know, and and the crazy thing is they'll be going through that on say let's just say Thursday, and on Friday they're all fine. Like, oh. yeah. to me that was that was my when I had my first thing. I was like, whoa, you back to normal? How is this? What is going yeah. on here? It just blew my yeah. mind away. And um, I had to go right. Cool. This is not about me. It's about that yeah. young that young that young person there. And Tana, you've you've had a year of doing that this year as well. What is that like for you? Yeah, it was definitely a challenge. I think I think the biggest surprise for me was when they would open up about things. I just had no you know you you don't see it coming most of the time you know it just pops up in a random conversation and you're like oh okay so this is where it's going so it's always about being prepared prepared but you're right it's all about that patience and just being there to listen to them because you know a lot of them don't want to talk about these things to their friends or their family because it is such a big deal for them and so you're that you know I, I like to think of it you know as you know sometimes you have this person who you're not exactly you know super close with but you're close enough that you want to share these things and that's you know what you like to be in that role yeah that's pretty crazy and i guess with your pastoral journey um well both of you i guess what has been the the, the biggest learning for you as a person sophia in this journey of yours because it's been a few years now right since you've been yeah yeah um yeah. i think a lot of what tane said that like often People are struggling with stuff that you don't ever see or you would never expect. People hide things really, really well. And so I think 
along the way, I've kind of learned that the best thing that I can do is actually walk with kindness. And so be kind to everyone that I encounter because you never ever know what people are experiencing in their lives. You never understand fully what they're dealing with. And so if you're kind to everyone, no matter what, um, you're always making your interaction with them positive rather than you know treating them um how you think they deserve to be treated if you're always kind no matter what you can actually support people in ways that we'll actually never understand so sometimes being kind to someone even if we don't know what they're dealing with would actually change their day for the better um and even if that's the one contribution we make to their life it's probably the best one that we can do in that moment anyway yeah, and, and what you said is really quite, it resonates with what both my Angela said. It doesn't matter what people say, it's how you make them feel. Yeah, and if, yeah. you walk with, if you walk with kindness all the time, it doesn't matter if they're having a shitty day or even if, you, if you're having a shitty day, but if you're being kind, that's all they'll remember. So that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Tane, what about you? What has been your biggest learning, I guess, for as a person, as a, in your role? Yeah, I think my biggest learning was just trying to be on the same level, you know, like I think often you get this role of responsibility and it can be hard to, you know, maintain that responsibility, but also being approachable so that this, you know, the people that are coming to you can actually come and talk to you and feel comfortable about it because you're trying to be that intermediate person before they go to like a top warden or, you know, someone more serious who can help with those really big things but also someone who's just, you know, like a friend, like a bit, I, I like to think of it as an older sibling, you know, someone that you go to for, you know, the initial feeling about how I'm feeling and what's wrong before it gets too serious and too out of hand. Yeah, um, and it's, it's so crazy because, you know, it's this fine line between going down to the level but also still being professional. It's, a, mm -hmm. it's, such, a, it's such a fine line with, with young people and especially with the world of social media and the world of technology where um, everybody wants to be everybody's friend um you know but then in, in air quotes because that's a, such a crazy term with the way it's used these days um Sophia also when you were when you were doing this when you're running being a pastoral your pastoral hat and you know your study hats um what is one thing for yourself that so if you take everything or just look at you as a person one of the biggest challenges that you might have faced as, as a young person as you were going through this journey here you know some people go through you know um you know, sometimes they have mental health stuff, sometimes they just have being homesick or just questioning their identity and different things. So yeah. was there anything that just popped out for you in your in this 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 journey self of you? I think trying to figure out exactly who I was. So in terms of my identity would probably be the biggest thing because I have experienced a lot um over the five, six, this is my seventh year in Dunedin actually, um, which has been um I guess quite complicating to deal with, but also like it conflicts part of your identities that you think you know. Um, and so trying to figure out exactly who I am um, has been a big part of it, but I can safely say that doing the pastoral care thing while balancing study has actually taught me that you, <laughs> it's quite easy, I guess, for us to assume that we know everything, especially when we're dealing in these roles here, but I have to be open to the idea that I don't know everything and I have to be willing to learn and I think that's become a big part of my identity now and so I, I don't hold so much of an expectation for myself like I have to be willing for my identity to be fluid based on what I'm doing who I'm with um, what I'm kind of experiencing as well like I I think when you're at university people like these are the kind of years where you figure out exactly who you are exactly who you're going to be and like 
you solidify it for the rest of your life when in actual fact my identity is constantly changing like I'm definitely not the same person I was two years ago but you have to be open to the idea that your identity will be fluid and you're going to learn things that are going to continue changing or contributing to the development of your identity and that's something that I don't think will ever stop for the rest of our lives you know um and so coming to terms with that and not uh, not I guess knowing exactly who I am right now was quite a weird thought to kind of come to terms with and it was quite challenging because like I said there's this kind of like expectation or um thing that we're kind of sold when we're younger but the fact that I've come to terms with it now and being open to learning and growing more has been the best thing to kind of overcome that challenge but it's a big like mental shift like you have to I guess let go of that expectation in order to open up your perspective to learn yeah it's only because you know, like you said before, we are we are sold such born with the idea that at a certain age you have to you have to know yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, as we as the three of us have gone through this journey, yeah, you go actually wait a minute, I don't actually know who I am, but that's okay, because you don't know what you don't know. You know, if you said to me, if you said to me, ten years ago when I was living in Zimbabwe that I'd be living in, in New Zealand doing this job, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Because I was a super quiet person, and they were like, oh, you're big public speaker. What are you talking about? So you know, as you say, you got to go. Hey, you got to go. I don't actually know who I am. Well, I know who I am a little bit, but I'm also I'm also able to tweak and change that because um, once you're married to an identity, it becomes a problem, right? Once you're married yeah. to an identity, go, this is who I am, and then things change. You know, the world changes, and we learn new things. And you know, we think about smoking. You know, in the, in the 70s, smoking was amazing. You could smoke, and life was all great. Go, actually, yeah. I've got to change my thinking about that. So, um, nothing in life well, changes constant, right? Nothing is 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 static in life. So that's it. And it's hard, though. You know, it's so easy for us to say this right now, but it's really, really hard. And like you said before, it's it's the mind shift. You have to shift your mind. And sometimes in that mind shift, you're going to lose friends, and you're going oh, to, yeah. Yeah. you know, things that can happen. You go right, cool, and then you start questioning: oh, Am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. It's the right thing. You know what becomes more important: the the, the others or yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it's a tough one. Talking about others and self, um, a nice little segue here. Let's talk about your podcast. You've started a podcast as well. Yeah, let's talk. What what motivates you to start that? Yeah, so um, I have a podcast and it's called Chapter Twenty Four Podcast. And um, the podcast, I guess, in short, is like a summary of different lessons that I've learned, different lessons I've learned through the pastoral care kind of job that I've had too. But it's also a combination of conversations or lessons that I wish I had heard earlier that would have helped me so much more in my growth. But in saying that, I'm very grateful for what I've experienced now because it's allowing me to pass on these lessons um, and kind of dealing with the pastoral care world. When you're taking care of other people, like you, I think you mentioned it briefly, it forces you to reflect on yourself and where you're kind of at in your life. And so um, I just... Yeah, I was having all these really cool conversations with people and um, people were often be like, you know, you should start a podcast, you should start sharing this stuff with other people. And then also in the job that I have, um, I was having quite a few of the same conversations with individual people who were part of a larger friend group. And I just thought if all of these people could hear each other, they would know that what they're dealing with is not like a sole issue. Like they're not alone in that, they're not isolated. Even though they feel isolated, like everyone could agree that they're dealing with the same thing. So I thought by making it a podcast and no matter who listened to it, even if it resonated with one person, it's one person that maybe needed to hear that. So um, that's kind of what started it or what inspired it. And I called it Chat 24 because I launched it on my 24th birthday and I was like, you know what, I'm going to share um, different things that I've learned over the 24 chapters of my life so yeah that's kind of where it came from and um, 
I've got some really cool people who I'm interviewing at the moment um, who are also going to share similar journeys, which I think the more, I guess similar to you guys, the more experiences or perspectives that we share, the more we allow other people to realize that, hey, maybe they're not alone or like it's okay to feel like this or um, even just to build or develop a sense of belonging, um, I think is such a big thing. So yeah, that's, I guess, long story short, that's kind of what inspired it and what it's kind of about. Yeah, uh, that's very cool, you know. And again, it's it's always hard to start. You know, always hard to start. Yeah. And you have everyone saying you should do this. Like, oh yeah, what? But hey, starting is, is 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 the is the main thing. But what I really like about what you said, and I think it resonates with us in our podcast as well. You know, like we said at the start, we've had sixty four people on here, and each one of them has is a similar vein through the whole thing, but it has a different has a different package. Yeah. And you know, there's seven billion people in the world. Or eight billion or whatever it is at the moment and we can't just think that our problem is our problem only everyone will have will have gone through a different version of problem yeah. or the challenge i'm going to use the word challenge instead um similar version of the challenge but a different iteration and if we all talk about that we go actually hey wait a minute this challenge is is universal and how do people and we learn from other people because yeah. it's very very easy as you said before for us to feel isolated and go this is just my problem my challenge i don't want to share it with other people but when you have this hey, i went through this or my guests went through this and this is what they did in a different perspective it's um like you said before you know even if one person hears our podcast that's it yeah. all that's all we care about although we'd love more to although we'd love more just saying guys we'd love more to be on there, you know <laughs> that'll be great um <laughs> Yeah, Tony, um, any questions about Sophia for Sophia and a podcast? Oh, check me on the spot. Um, yeah, that's what I, lo- I, I love to do that there. <laughs> I guess if, if you reflect back on your time in Dunedin, what's been your your favourite thing out of all the amazing things that you've been able to do over your yeah. six, seven years? What's been something that's really stood out to you? Um, probably being a subordinate um, at a college or being an IRA, whatever you want to call it, I think it's one of the most rewarding jobs that you could ever do because it's like an internship that continues to give. Like I still keep in touch with a lot of my residents now and um, it's awesome to see when they first come to you and you're first in charge of their care, they're so quiet, they're so reserved, they're trying to figure everything out and then the students that you have at the end of the year are just completely different. They know what they want to do, they know where they're going and to be even like the small or to have the smallest contribution to that growth or even to guide them in the tiniest way is such a privilege but then also um that job allowed me to form great connections which I still keep up with now you know like I've got um a good group of residents that we catch up maybe once a month or they come up to the college and they have dinner with me and it's fantastic to be able to see that growth continuing um and yeah it's just fantastic it was the internship that taught me so much about uh, I guess public speaking and then also it develops like communication skills one-on-one too because you deal with such a diverse range of people and often people that I don't think if I'd had the job I would have um, kind of come across in everyday life and so it was fantastic to learn more about maybe parts of society that I wouldn't deal with or um, and yeah learn to adjust how I interact with other people to make sure that um it's like the best like conversational communication style that we can use yeah which I know will be fantastic when I go into my law career eventually because people who come to you as a lawyer often can be quite vulnerable and come from different walks of life that maybe I would never have encountered if I hadn't um, had the experience that I've had here and so learning how to communicate with different people will be so valuable moving forward so that was probably the best thing that's happened to me while being down here. So I always say to everyone, you know, it's like the best thing that you can do. I encourage them all to give it a go. Um, and yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna share. I'm gonna resonate. I think for me as well, that was my that was being an RH that sub warden just changed my life. Totally, it just yeah. changed my life tra- dramatically. And um, yeah. if I could go back and <laughs> relive that, I would I would do that there. But um, so many learnings, and you know, like you said before, you know, university is full of crazy, awesome, diverse people. Oh, which, yeah. if you're not in this role here, or you don't have the uh, the chance of being in this role, you don't you're not going to cross paths with them because you're going to stick with your with your cohort, right? Fitting accounting, you stick with your accounting cohort. If you're doing, you stick with them. But in in the roles that you and Tana have at the moment, um, had, you have no choice. You're going to get whatever comes in your in front, whatever walks in. Yeah. With their trauma, with their laughter, with their thing, they're coming and they're going to be with you for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, almost 365 days a year, and you have to learn and grow with that. So that's, I can see why that's a that's a great learning for you. Talk about great learning to me and the greatest advantage is you're often an, an adventure now. So after your seven years in Dunedin, then yeah. you're often an adventure. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that if you feel, if you want yeah, to share yeah. that? Yeah, so I, um, I'm very grateful for my time down here because I think all the experiences, you know, working at the gym, working as a subordinate, and even like this job now, so pastoral care on a greater level, has developed like a sense of curiosity, but also a sense of confidence. So um I live a very curious life and I kind of wanted to see what it was like on the other side of the world. So I just bought myself a one-way ticket um, and I'm off to the UK. So I'm working in Scotland for the first six months, just doing hospitality stuff. Um, And I chose Scotland because obviously it's very similar to New Zealand. It's very green and very active. And um, I think it would be a nice way to settle in. And then after six months is up, I'm going to move back into what they call Greater London, and I've applied for heaps of health and well-being coordinator roles. I've applied for similar opportunities like pastoral care-wise at universities over there, as well as um, a couple of law firms. So we've got heaps of opportunities. I was trying to figure out what one I kind of end up with, but basically the one-way ticket, I just wanted to see what I could make out of my life and see what kind of, I guess, is lying on the other side of the world. And I've got two years to make something out of myself. If that doesn't really work out, I can come back. And obviously I've got this beautiful job here um, or I can join the police or I can join the law firm. And um, yeah, it's all kind of going to work out and yeah, I have a lot of confidence that it's going to be okay. So that's kind of where I'm off to next. <laughs> but, that's, that's, yeah. that's very exciting. And, uh, but, but envious you can do that, which is really cool. And I guess, you know, as you, what the cool thing about that whole thing for, for anyone listening is, you don't have to know what you don't want to do. You've 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 planted yeah. the seeds. You've done all, you've taken all the opportunities while you're at university, which is now giving you lots of opportunities as you go forward. You know, you mentioned there, I could work in well-being, work in hospitality, I could work yeah. in chem, I could work, I could be a law, I could work in a law firm, but none of that would have happened if you had just stayed in your room and just studied PE. Exactly. And that's exactly. it. You know, so it's all about this opportunity that you have taken up while you're at university, yeah. which is which is really cool. Um, and we're excited. You know, chapter twenty-five will be pretty cool. Yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. Sophia, we've been talking for almost 50 minutes now. Um, yeah. So we'll start, we'll start wrapping up. We're going to keep going on and on and on. Um, but we love to ask this question to all our guests. And it's always a question that, that I love because it gives us a lot. And our podcast is called Bastard of Knowledge. And we'd love to ask you and invite you to give us one piece of knowledge that you would love to share for our listeners to put into their Bastard of Knowledge as they listen to this podcast and move forward. Any piece of advice from you, from your learnings, anything that you go, this is this sits with me. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to word it properly. Um, I guess you like the biggest thing that I would tell anyone is to keep it real with themselves and know that 
they will never know everything in the world, right? And so you think you know a lot of stuff, but there's always more to learn. And so it's part of, um, I guess I talked about it earlier, being open to understanding that you don't know everything and that um, learning and being open to the idea of learning is the best way forward. Yeah. I love that, you know, being open to the idea of learning is fantastic because you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, too many times we forget about the beginner mindset. And we just think, oh, we've got to be set. If we just go, hey, I don't know, it's all cool. You know, the problem is when we say I don't know, we feel that people are judging us. But the yeah. fact that, you, hey, it's okay if you don't know. Yeah. Um, Sophia, I've written some notes here because I think there's a few things that just stood out for me. You know, one of the sayings you said was never try anything you don't go anyway. You know, I think that, that resonates to what you said before, if you don't learn, if you don't have the learning you're not going to go anywhere and the yeah. biggest one that i got here from you is walk with kindness you know every one of us can do that you know it doesn't cost us anything mm-hmm. and it actually helps help us feel feel better you know if we yeah. we're kind to other people we're kind to ourselves so um there's tons and tons in this, in this in this podcast that is just beautiful so thank you for bringing that and you know your biggest learning is just have be open to learning is yeah. is a great way for us to um to start wrapping up tiny anything you'd like to add before we wrap up or sophie anything you want to you want to add as well you know this is I've just been blabbering the whole way through. No, I think you you have asked some fantastic questions there that have kind of extracted exactly everything that I want to talk about. So I guess, yeah, the kindness thing is definitely the biggest for me. And it's something that I always um, encourage all the students that I interact with to keep in mind, because like you say, kindness is free and it, it like literally doesn't cost us anything, not even that much energy. Do you know what I mean? If you're just yeah. kind wherever you go, it just becomes like a normal part of your life. And that's the way you work with people and people appreciate it. Even if they don't explicitly say, thank you for being so kind, people really do appreciate it. So yeah, no, that was awesome. Thank you for the questions. They've been fantastic. No worries. Tony, anything you'd like to add? We... Yeah, it's just been amazing listening to this and I guess you know that's that's the awesome thing about being in a pastoral care role is that you know you might not always get the thank yous or the accolades that people yeah. think they deserve but you know there's plenty of people that will tell you later down the track you know just how amazing you were or as you say you know having residents that now stay in contact with you and stay connected with you you know that's the value of having roles like this yeah yeah Beautiful. And Sophia, um, just a plug for you. So your podcast, um, where, where can people listen to it? Uh, this is on Spotify at the moment. I am a little bit technologically challenged, so I'm trying to figure out how to put it on other platforms. But it's on Spotify for now. Um, there's a Chapter 24 podcast Instagram that they can follow, and obviously the link and stuff's all in there. Yeah. Brilliant. Cool. So um, for those of you that um, want to jump on, please, please, we encourage you to jump on and have a listen. We will add that to our show notes as well at the end, so you can jump onto that there. Um, but this is perfect. Thank you so much, Sophia, for giving us your time. I know it's a pretty crazy week for you. Um, I, you know, on behalf of Tanya and myself, we'd like to wish you the best as you move forward to your next adventure. And I'm sure we'll, we'll keep in touch somehow. Yeah. Thank you for your time. And for our listeners out there, hopefully you've all taken away something today. Um, there's tons to take away. Thank you for listening in. And until um, next time, don't forget to fill your basket with some piece of knowledge. Au revoir. Bye, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Baskets of Knowledge. Yeah, we hope that you found something useful to put into your basket of knowledge. And as we said before, remember to put something little into your baskets of knowledge every week. And as always, feel free to like, comment, and share this podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye.